Wow. Thank you, sister. Hey. Hey. It's my new friend, Ben. Just, just feel it. Thank you so much. Good morning. So I am Reverend Arabella Marie, which some of you know and some of you do not, but you can just call me Bella, okay? Um, I have a bachelor's degree in divinity from University of Sedona, and I'm in their doctorate program. And way, way back, I was into New Thought, back uh, Church of Religious Science, some of you guys might know. Yeah, my mom got me into that. So, um, and I'm usually behind the scenes, so I want to say hello to all my friends on YouTube land. <laughs> I'm usually there on Sundays. And because I work for Unity of Walnut Creek, which some of you guys might not know. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that story here in a little bit. Um, so I met with Reverend Kristen about that job, and she's like, you need to come back in and we need to talk. I'm like, okay. I mean, when, you know, the spiritual director says, come to my office, like, am I in trouble? No. <laughs> we talked. And uh, on this journey, I used to be a singer. And I've been going through treatment for thyroid cancer. And I couldn't sing anymore. And she looked at me. And it was a God thing. And I'm going to talk about God things this morning with you guys. Don't get hung up on the word. It's just a little three-letter word. When I say God, I mean the infinite presence, universe, whatever vibes with you, okay? So it was a God thing, and she looks at me, she's like, well, you might have been a singer, but now I think you need to be there on Sunday behind the podium. <laughs> and I said yes. Now, a lot of times in my life, I have not said yes. So I left that meeting, and I was driving. Where was I driving? I don't know, back to Oakland or somewhere. I'm always all over the place. And... I was having a conversation with God. Now, just so you guys fully understand, when I talk to God, God has a voice that sounds like Tom Selleck from around 1982, 83, when he was on Magnum P.I. <laughs> just to give you the visual, okay? So there I am driving back to Oakland. Here's Tom Selleck. Because I'm wondering, I've just gone through 10 years of a spiritual journey, a walkabout. <laughs> That's what they call it. Uh, the Aborigines call it a walkabout. Some of you guys might call it a hero's journey. So good old Tom says to me, start with the podium. Start with the podium story. I'm like, okay, cool, I can do that, Tom. So many years ago when I was a young minister, I found myself at the back of a sanctuary and I was chatting with a couple of other ministers and we were kind of, nee, 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 nee. we were watching the spiritual director behind the podium up there on Sunday morning, like every Sunday morning, right? And, and all three of us were kind of gypsies at heart. 
And so they're like, oh, that ain't for me. No, no, no. And of course, I had to get on the bandwagon. And I said, I am definitely never, <laughs> ever going to stand on a podium on Sunday and like, talk to people. That's so traditional. And I'm a gypsy. And I'm a mystic. And I'm cool. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so how did we get from here? <laughs> to there and back. Well, let me tell you, I have all these notes and as the 9.30 uh, was here, I just channeled because I was told to show up. This is a little message in this. Let's see if you guys get it. Candy's like, yeah, in the back there. Hey, Candy. Uh, to speak to the people that are here from your heart. So it might be a little bit different than 9.30, okay? Because there's different people here. So, 10 years ago, actually October 8, 2012, I had what's called a spontaneous awakening. Some of us have that. Some of us, it takes all of our lives to wake up. No, not me, because I'm special, apparently. And I'm not a morning person. So usually I'm kind of like, oh, it's morning, where's the coffee at? No, that morning it was like a lightning bolt, and I sat up and went, whoa! What am I doing here? I cannot live like this anymore. You might be like, well, you look pretty good, like standing up there. So I want you to be like a fly on the wall that morning, who I was then. I was about 100 pounds heavier than I am now. I was taking 14 prescribed medications a day so I would not be in pain. However, I was in pain. I think there's a little bit of medical marijuana card in there, too, to help with the pain. Still in pain. Migraines. Social anxiety. So I had no friends. I just, like, couldn't do it. I would make people want to see me. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't even, like, talk on the phone to people. I had shut down. I was creating this prison for me. Deeper and deeper and deeper prison. We lived out in the country, and so my mailbox was, there was nobody there. It was this little road. I would have to go out of my house to get my mail. I couldn't do it. Somebody might see me, and I would have a panic attack, literally. So I just stopped going out of the house, you know? Make that prison bigger, bigger, bigger. Walls. We make walls. You know, some of us use alcohol. Some of us use sex. Some of us, you know, use food. There's all kinds of things that we use to create our own prison. So that was the girl in 2012. I woke up, and I was on social media at that time. I don't know if you guys know about Twitter. Anybody know about Twitter? Twitter, Twitter? Nobody? Come on. You guys have heard of Twitter. I knew this guru on Twitter, and I got her phone number. And we talked for two hours. And I remember, I don't like the phone. Like, I'm not talking on the phone. Uh, it didn't matter. It was a God thing. This is what I'm talking about. God flowing through me past this ego that has all these stories and history. Okay? So I talked to her for two hours. By the time we got off of that call, I had booked an airplane ticket to go see her. Girl couldn't get her mail, but she was going to go fly. To get there... I was living in some remote little beach town in Washington State. I had to drive four hours by myself to get to Portland Airport. 
It was the very first time I was 47 years old. It was the very first time I had ever flown alone, eaten alone, stayed in a hotel alone. I'd never done anything alone. I had met this person. He was my soulmate. We're divorced now, but um, I was 17 when we met. So, and he liked it that way he, because he just kind of was like the prison guard. <laughs> if you guys get that one. Okay, so I got to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and she picked me up at the airport. We had a two-hour session. She dropped me off. I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what happened after. I got into the hotel room. I ended up sitting down at this crappy little hotel desk, and it had one of the phones that had the push buttons. It was not me. It was God working through me. I picked up the receiver. I dialed the number. I'm like, whose number is this? And a man's voice answered. That was my father, who I had not spoken to in 22 years. Yeah. So by saying yes, because I couldn't really say no anymore, (laughs) I got out of here with that session with her and right into my heart. I just want you guys to think about that, okay, with people in your life and situations. How often are we up here? Well, he did this and he did that and he's my dad, so he should have called and he replaced me. Story, 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 story. We live in that story instead of bypassing the story and going right to the heart of the matter. So that phone call is what let me out of my own prison cell, okay? That's why I'm here right now, right now. So where do we go from there? I have all these notes. Do we want to use the notes? I don't know, God, do we want to? Tom, do we want to use the notes? I don't know. So from there, um, you know, I quickly discovered that the reason I was deeply unhappy was not because of the marriage, was not because of any exterior thing, because I had everything at one time that we're supposed to have. I had the long-term marriage. I had a beautiful daughter. I had a beautiful house. I lived at the beach. I had a new car. (laughs) Living in prison. So I set myself free. So let's talk about the old stories that kept me in that prison. So um, one of my day jobs is I work with animals. I actually do like pet Reiki and then also caretake for them and and whatnot. So does anybody, any dog lovers? You guys got dog? Yeah, dog lovers in the building. Yeah, so I'm like an old dog with a bone. You might be too with your stories of the past. So some of my stories were that um, I was poor. We were so poor, as I shared earlier, we were so poor when I was a kid, like, you could stand there and look through the floorboards, and there was the dirt. There was no foundation or whatever. We were farmers in, in Napa County, actually. We had goats and rabbits and whatnot. 
So I'm the poor girl. Okay, that's story number one. Now we add to that, I was molested, I was raped, I was abandoned by my parents. I actually ran away from home, nobody even noticed. Just to tell you how, like, I was 12. They didn't even notice I was gone. Okay, so story upon story. You guys all have your own stories too, right? We have our stories. And that story, in this instance, is going to be that bone that we love. We know that bone. It's a tasty bone. Let's keep chewing on that bone. <laughs> Some people use the analogy of the seed. You know, we keep watering the seed, right? When it's actually a weed. Oh, what? What? Sorry, I'm a gardener way back, so I had to throw that in there too. And I love dogs. So, so yeah, the proverbial bone that we won't get rid of. Um, and spirituality has been a very important part of my life from way back. As I said, like, I learned new thought principles in the late 70s, which is really dating me, but yeah. Uh, I was in junior, maybe 10th grade, something like that. And I ended up getting married to someone who was eight years older, who had a child, was married at the time that I got pregnant. See, new stories coming out for, for round number two today. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, and I got married in the Church of Religious Science. And I had that basis, right? And as soon as I got married... At six months pregnant, I told God, no thanks, I got it. I got this handled. Oh, besides the fact that my husband was an alcoholic. And I knew it, because two weeks before we got married, I went and visited him in jail. Yeah. So that kind of added to my story of dysfunction that I already had. Um, I will say, I have the most wonderful, beautiful daughter ever, and now I'm a grandma. He's going to be three um, next week. Actually, my grandson. And I want to say that because in these stories we have, there's always silver linings. A lot of times we won't take the time to reveal that silver lining, though. Like, that's why meditation and going within and, and doing our work and, and healing, forgiving, all of that is important. Um, so on this journey, yeah, I've been around the world. Okay, let's give you some visuals. I have, I've been to Barcelona. I've been to Sedona. I've been to Cancun and Tulum, Kona, Hawaii many times, all over the US. I've actually healed people while I was standing in a gutter, I was like healing this guy. And I realized, because it wasn't me, it was that God thing again. I had gotten out of my head. I'm like, oh, this person needs help. And after the fact, I realized, oh, I'm literally standing in the gutter healing this person. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I would reject it again. I didn't want to tell anybody. Because my mom, the spiritualist, everyone thought, was weird. We were labeled the weird part of the family. Oh, she's into that new age. They actually thought there was a lot of conservative Christians actually in our, ch in our family. 
And um, they thought that true to religious science was a cult, that new thought was a cult back then. We've come a long way. However, I didn't want to be labeled that, and that added on to my story. I'm not going to tell anybody who I am. I'm not going to show my power. So anytime that God has like tried to show me who I am, including that minister that was standing behind the podium that day, and I said, no, that's not me. I'm sure none of you guys do that, ever. You guys have never rejected when God shows you the path or God shows you who you are in the mirror. You're like, that's not me. A lot of times we actually, you know, it's our ego based on those stories. Like, we don't like the person or we're repelled by them or, or whatever. And what's interesting is the spiritual director and I were very good. We're kind of like soul sisters. So we talked about um, how she triggered me because she was in her power doing, you know, what God was guiding her to do, and I didn't like it because I was rejecting myself. That's kind of how it works, that mirror. So how did we get here? Well, although traveling around the world, you know, sounds really glamorous, the majority of this work has been, hi, sweetheart, Zula, (laughs) I love you. Glad you're here. Um, you know, a majority of this work is, although I've been to like Joshua Tree and I like scaled up the big red rocks and sat there and meditated, you know, sounds like a movie, right? <laughs> right? The hard work was going within and looking at all my crap, all the anger I had, all the resentment I had. That's what was creating the illness in my body, the anxiety I live with, the depression. I just shut down. It became, what happens is it, it, it kind of snowballs, okay? So it's been three years almost to the day since I've been in front of a live audience. I've actually been doing online um, things like on YouTube. I have a soul tribe there. And if any of you are watching, I love you. And I just hit the mic and Joey's going to be like, oh, that lady, <laughs> that lady, she moved it again. Dang it. But the whole world has changed in the last three years, right? I'm sure it's affected all of us on different levels. So what I've been through personally is my father, the story never changed with my father. My father is who he was. But I did forgiveness for me. And he passed in 2019. And I was in a state of unconditional love because I had done my work. I had let God in. I started saying yes to God because one of the biggest principles I've learned on this journey is the universe. God always says yes, whether it's to our stinking thinking, our gossip, the crap we watch on TV that goes in there, or we get on the bandwagon of, yeah, me too, yeah. You guys don't do that, I'm sure. (laughs) Just me. Just me. I'm the only one that does that, I'm sure. Um... (laughs) Sorry, totally came out of trance on that one. <laughs> um, so where were we, Casey? You don't know? She wasn't listening. Casey wasn't even listening. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, it doesn't matter. Anyways, so the three years. Yeah, I lost my father. Then my brother dropped dead. 
unexpectedly. I happened to go up from my daughter's baby shower. My brother dropped dead of a brain tumor six months after my dad had passed. And we had some challenges in that relationship too. At the same time, my body was breaking down. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what was wrong. And everyone said, you're fine, you're fine. They just kind of, through the system, ignored me. So my body ended up shutting down from the grief into being bedridden. I couldn't walk. And then started losing a bunch of muscle mass and all of that. Um, and then got sent to El Paso, of all places. And guess what? Now it was a God thing. I'm like, I can barely walk. I drove to El Paso, and the first doctor I said, saw said, oh, you have thyroid cancer, and you've probably had it for a good five or six years, and it's so full-blown, your whole body is shut down. So good thing I said yes to the insane request of God telling me to go to El Paso, right? Good thing. So let's talk about coming home and the podium. Thanks, Mike. Mike's saying, wrap it up, lady, wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. Shout talking now. So I got the green light. I got strong enough from, from the cancer you know, therapy in the body. I was sick for a very long time. The body takes the, I'm still healing. And um, I got the green light to come back in February and I didn't want to come. I'm like, oh, there's history in California. Like that person broke my heart and this person taught me this lesson. That person taught me this lesson. It was kind of brutal on the journey, okay? If you sign up for the walkabout, a lot of times it doesn't really feel warm and cozy. <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't. So I, I, I kind of said, no, I don't want to go. But I had evolved a lot, you know, and I said, okay, fine. You line it up. I'm going to say yes, and you line it up. You show me the path. And I was very irritated and upset of even having the cancer. I had already just been through all this stuff. And, and, I only have so much time, but like I, I've gone from having everything to having nothing, okay, you guys, in the material sense. Um, and I'm happy, but I found happiness. Okay, that's the takeaway. I found happiness. So I came back to California. Um, however, during that time, every time I meditated, and Tom Selleck, like, unity, 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 unity. <laughs> what? What am I here to do? Like, why'd you keep me alive? Unity. What? You're bringing unity. Go to unity. Unity. I mean, literally, I thought I was going a little crazy there. Which, sometimes, if you're intuitive, Tori, <laughs> right? Feels a little crazy. It's okay. We're not weird. We're enlightened. <laughs> okay? We're not weird. We're enlightened. Um, I, the rest of the world's going to join us here. I know it. I feel it. So um, I was sending out feelers and job applications and stuff before I came back to California. And sure enough, I said yes. A bunch of stuff started going away from my life. Stuff started lining up. And I had just surrendered. I'm like, I am so tired of fighting. I am so tired. And you get to that point. A lot of us do. Just like, all right, do your thing. I didn't remember applying for a job at Unity of Walnut Creek. 
And I got an email from this lady named Felicia saying, hey, you want to have an interview on Zoom? And I said, did I apply for that job? Yes. Oh, Unity. Unity. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so they offered me the job the day that I got here in California, which was July 6th. And I had that meeting with Kristen, who saw, saw me, the real me, because I was being the real me. You know, your people can't see you if you're hiding. Okay? So be yourself. And you too can maybe be on the stage <laughs> where God told you you were supposed to be a long time ago because you have said yes to life. Okay? Because this is good. It's a beautiful life when you say yes. What's our affirmation? I would love it. Very simple from Louise Hay. Say it with me. As I say yes to life, life says yes to me. Yay.